Hey guys, I had a return guest this time around, Sam DeCross, last heard in episode 12, talked about the genesis of poor life choice management, his uh, music talent management company. He got a hold of me recently because I guess he had made a lot of progress uh, since we had spoken last, and he wanted to kind of do a little bit of an update and talk about what that journey has looked like, and I loved that idea. So uh, we got back in touch at his place, we talked for a little while about what he's been up to since then, and how his philosophies have changed and grown, or if they have at all, and uh, what he's uh, been doing sticking to his guns. So I hope that you will enjoy this kind of update on uh, recent guests. I'm kind of hoping to maybe do more of this later. I feel like I want to get back in touch with those first uh, few guests that I spoke with, you know, when I was still figuring out what was going on and, and see how life has changed for them and what it might sound like to do uh, <laughs> recording with a little bit better audio. So in the meantime, don't forget to check out Laughing Pick Theater and all the great stuff we're doing. As always, Sam even drops the hint in the interview. God bless him for doing that. And you just enjoy Sam DeCross. Starving Artist Phoenix. I'm Tony Machete. I'm back with Sam DeCross, Poor Life Choice Boss. How you doing, man? Good. <laughs> Glad to be back with you. Thanks. Yeah, no, I was excited when you said that you uh, wanted to kind of do an update, basically, because you had a lot of stuff that was kind of, I was listening to the episode again today, kind of refreshed me. Right. You had a lot of stuff like in the works and just kind of seeing it evolve like from the outside has been cool. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really eager to talk a little bit about how that's come together. I need to go re-listen to that old episode because I want to compare like <laughs> what was actually in the plans of being in the works and what has actually come from it now. Well, it's kind of cool because like you're talking about like, yeah, man, we're on Facebook now. We're, we're really getting out there <laughs> generating some buzz. And I'm like, that's fucking sick, man. It's cool. Um, so, all right. So let's start with a little bit of a recap as to who people are if we have some new listeners who haven't gone back that far yet so um just a quick rundown so how did you get into the position you're in now so poor life choice has been around since 2015 before that um i had worked with a band that would eventually become fairy bones Mm -hmm. fairy bones helped start poor life choice in 2015 so there's a bit of a background there as a lot of people in Phoenix were coming together and building themselves up, um, 2015 is when it all really kicked off. Mm-hmm. So we started off uh, coming in to help Fairy Bones, who were already doing really well on their own. Mm-hmm. And so they just kind of had some overflow work, and which is when management ideally comes in, when you've already sure. done well enough for yourself, and now you need help managing it all. Um, and... As I learned the ropes and we all worked closely together and we nailed down a system and figured out what we were doing and how we could make bigger things happen. And then we actually realized those ideas. Um, Lately, we've started to think about bringing on more bands. And then we did bring on a few more bands. Chelsea Louise, who is the lead singer of Fairy Bones, decided to become a band manager herself. And uh, recently... (laughs) And she's kicking ass at that. She's doing really well at that. <laughs> so now, uh, Poor Life Choice is two people plus Bree Turner, who is also associated with Fairy Bones. Um, she's helping us out with a lot of administrative stuff and just kind of keeping the daily to-do lists 
done. And now we got three people and three bands as of right now. <laughs> that list is going to grow, and that's the update. Yeah, all right, that's it. Thank you so much. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, one thing I remember I was talking about too, that I, uh, I think I came up in the episode, is that um, you. You were kind of tentative at first, I feel like, about coming back into this because you'd worked promotional stuff before with music kind of your whole life. It's been kind of around it. You had to take a break from it, step back. And then you came in when you were approached to kind of take on this position. And now you you weren't necessarily, um, I guess, not not necessarily eager, but like you you felt like that wasn't necessarily where you intended to go with it. You were doing it as uh, like because it was those people. It was Chelsea. It was Robert. You know yeah. who, who were putting this back together. And so you you kind of took that step. Looking back now, do you feel like those feelings are still valid, or do you feel like that was maybe a little bit of kind of you psyching yourself out? I think that was one hundred percent valid. <laughs> I I mean yeah. I didn't I wasn't apprehensive out of modesty. I was apprehensive out of a sheer knowing what Chelsea and all everybody in Fairy Bones was capable of on their own. And that's to the, I I don't I don't think I'll die without you know my last words being that was valid one hundred percent. I mean they they've always been mm-hmm. super capable and even to this day Chelsea has the reins in her hand. You know I'm not the one bringing that mm-hmm. band along. It's all Chelsea. I help. I don't I don't lead that charge. I don't tell them what to do. It's a collaborative effort for mm-hmm. sure, and I play a part in that absolutely. But um. But they don't need me to hold their hand. They never will. And so that was valid at the time. Um, at this point, um, I had kind of forgotten about that just because I am so much more in the mix now. Sure. But no, you reminding me about that, that's <laughs> completely true to this day. Um, if I wasn't in the mix, if I disappeared right now, Chelsea would run Poor Life Choice and it would be great. She would kill it. Um Having Brie on board mm-hmm. is the right move. This, you know, this doesn't rely on me. I'm not. I am not poor life choice. It is a collab- collaborative effort, and that's the whole point of it: to be a collaborative effort with bands and artists around here. We're not taking anybody and saying we will make you stars. Mm-hmm. We find people that are making it happen on their own, and we're saying, all right, let's split up some workload, figure out how to tackle this a little more efficiently, and let's let's do it, make it happen. I have noticed that a lot about um, kind of the way that you market yourself as Poor Life Choice and the way you market the bands and everything like that is that it's very, very much creating a scene, creating a community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it seems I, I, to an outsider that like this type of position, this type of talent position um, should be more competitive, like would be competitive. Uh, you would assume that the people are all kind of sharking each other. Um, but that just doesn't seem like an approach that you feel is... Uh, pertinent to the position at all. I mean, is that something that you toy with? Like, do you ever feel like you should be more assertive or aggressive, or do you ever feel like you you need to pull back from it? I don't think I need to be aggressive or assertive right now. Poor Life Choice doesn't need to be assertive or aggressive mm-hmm. because there isn't competition in Phoenix, and I don't think that's a good thing either. Yeah. It's nice, and I think that everybody is kind of complacent to it because it's nice. But there should be competition. There should be bands that are trying to be better than everybody else. That's how you become the best. And I don't think that it's a good idea to try to become the best of Phoenix. We're not a major market in the United States, you know? We're very close to L.A. Um, New York is always going to be one of the top markets around here. And for some reason, 
we don't consider going and conquering those. A few people do. Mm-hmm. We have people every now and then that decide to move there. Then they do what they do. But when they get there and if they do well, they don't say they're from Phoenix very often. You know, they catch up with the people from Phoenix and play polite. They have their friends and everything, but if somebody moves to L.A. and starts doing well, they're from L.A. They don't bring up Phoenix when they start doing well. Injury Reserve got a whole bunch of shit for saying that Phoenix doesn't have a music scene, and they're not right, but they're not wrong. You know, our scene exists, and it's very good, and it's very vibrant, and our scene is amazing. We have 7 million people in this city, and you don't see them at all the bars. You see the same people at the bars. You know who's in the music scene, you know? If somebody shows up and you don't recognize them, you notice. And it shouldn't be like that. At least half the people in there should be strangers. It's interesting that there's not as much competition as I feel like there should be in order to start getting competitive nationally. So how do you bring in strangers? How does how do you, like looking at the position that you're in, um, manipulate things so that you can get new, fresh faces, even in the audience? You start thinking about how do I get new fans? Because that's, it's, it's like, everybody's playing a game, it seems like, like there's only, you know, it's like Hungry Hungry Hippos, where there's just a limit, you know how many balls are on the board. We don't know, though, you know, like, we're playing like there's 100 people, and we want to make those fans our fans, and then, you know, we'll share some fans with them by playing a show <laughs> with this band, which is all great, you know, like, sure. I'm not saying let's not be nice to each other, we need to be nice to each sure. other, everybody is in this together, but... You know, as far as how do we get more people involved, it's that's band marketing. You know, like there's not a secret to that. That's every single band is trying to figure out how to get more fans. It's just that we need to start tapping into places that we haven't tapped before because where we're all tapping into and we're all reaching into to grab fans, everybody else is also. So it's a matter of let's get creative and start pulling people in that have never been to a local show before. They don't know what the bars are, like Rogue and Rebel and Crescent. Maybe they've heard of Crescent and they've never been there. Let's give them a reason to come and figure out how to reach those people that hasn't been done before. Because New Times, we've done. We love New Times. It has a great readership. It's in the circuit. Everybody's hitting New Times. You know, it's almost, it's, it's a given. They help us out tons. When It's great, and I love them for it. I can count on that, though. What have I not gotten before? And let's figure out how to do that. And and bands are doing it all the time. I see it all the time. Really creative ways. People, sites that I've never heard of. You know, local bands are getting feature on, articles on. Um, podcasts are popping up. They've yeah. been a huge help to everybody. Anytime there's new media that pops up, people are on it. Mm-hmm. They're jumping on it. But there's a lot of fans out there, too, that are always thinking about how they can get involved and how they can spread the word. Just like there's citizen scientists out there mapping out constellations, there could be citizen journalists that are writing things up and submitting the blogs nationally that are doing bands a huge favor. Yeah, it's it's interesting that like local media isn't necessarily a thing anymore. I mean, even even the New Times is a website anybody can Google. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of become the citizen journalist is is the the standard people should be considering, and just those kind of independent music blogs and independent. Um, reviewers and podcasts and stuff like that are kind of a great equalizer throughout the field because right. I've seen you know podcasts one uh, one week interview um, you know somebody's cousin who's like you know just coming through town and they're funny and then next week interview like a professional comedian who's you know on the circuit and right. has credits to their name and so it, it really can like I, I don't know I guess there's some like gravitas or something like that to having a newspaper or like a professional 
um, institution like the New Times interview you, but yeah, absolutely, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> any, any time any kind of big blog comes up, that's yeah. that's when my heart gets pumping. But, but it, the, the little guys are, are going to grow, I guess. You're right. right. Yeah. And I and it's just as exciting when uh, you actually see that pick up steam, and when you, you know, with a lot of smaller blogs or podcasts or stuff, yeah. you're never really sure whether you're going to be getting fans from that or whether they're going to be getting exposure from your fans because mm-hmm. you're sharing it etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. either way just do it you know it's <laughs> it's fun and you never know where people are going to cut like i still have friends that have never been to a fairy bone show never yeah. been to a paper foxes show never you know never been to any local shows yeah those are my friends i know them i could be dragging <laughs> them out of the house and coming to a show mm-hmm. i've invited them all you know whether they come or not is up to them but we all personally know somebody in our fan friend base that hasn't gotten as involved as we'd like them to. And that needs to come down to, are we not bringing them out because they're that stubborn and we don't? Is it because there's nothing that they would like that we can use to say, no, come, you'll really love this band, come check them out? Or is it because we're not that invested and there's nothing that we like enough to start going and selling it to all the, everybody that we know? Is it a matter of bringing it to them? Uh, is it something where you're trying to consider new venues because the Rogue does have their standard audience, the, those people that come no matter what show is going on um, to some of these bars? Is it a matter of trying to find an, maybe like a literal new venue that, that a band can go to to get exposed to new people? Yeah, any band will tell you that's, yeah. that is just the daily part of being in a band is figuring out a new mm-hmm. place to play, new way to reach people that you haven't done before. These are, I mean, this is just, you're in a band, you wake up, you know, yeah. thinking about these things, you woke up having dreamed about these <laughs> things. It's just a matter of where haven't I played, what has, you know, who hasn't spoken about me, who hasn't written about me, um, are my songs good enough, you know, what's what's <laughs> wrong with me that these people don't love me? It's a never-ending cycle of how do I reach new people, why haven't I reached them yet? And, um, and all I'm saying is don't, don't focus too um, closely on small thing you know like phoenix is great phoenix has tons and tons of people it would be great to get everybody in phoenix to listen to you yeah but if you feel like you're stuck in phoenix then la austin denver you know stop feeling like this city is the only thing in your world just because you live here doesn't mean it's the only place it exists and you could it's <laughs> the internet age you can push your stuff in other cities before you even tour there absolutely so now it seems like a lot of these steps that you're taking seem like they kind of happen naturally, adding Bree and Chelsea and all that. So was that something that you saw coming before it happened a long ways off? Was it something that they were gradually taking on more responsibilities, you know, particularly Chelsea and all that? Um, or was it something that you you decided should happen and then made it happen after? I, I saw Chelsea getting involved a long time ago. But I mean, with, she's she's the one that founded this thing before I did, you know, she's the one that convinced me to come on board and start managing. So she founded Poor Life Choice more so than I did, honestly. <laughs> and very quickly I saw that she was the one catching me up to speed on a lot of things. She was the one teaching me what she had already learned with the band in the first few years. So it didn't take long for me to realize that I was helping her do what she wanted to do. Mm. And she would probably want to take on some of the roles that I was performing. 
Probably, maybe, you know, it seemed like it. We'll see. She seems to have a knack for this. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, and she didn't, she didn't ask her anything. She just said, I'm going to be a band manager now. And I said, finally, great. That's <laughs> perfect. I need you. That makes total sense. So it wasn't like I made a decision on anything. I just said, yeah, that's a great idea. And she was also the one that said, hey, we should get Brie involved. Brie had previously, she was going to school for uh, marketing and things. And she had said, you know, if you ever need any help with Poor Life Choice, I'd just love to get in because it's relevant to what I'm studying. And, you know, I'd like to kind of learn firsthand and get some experience that way. And I, you know, I said, great, if there's ever anything that we can use you for, then we'll, we'll do that. And there wasn't much we could use her for at the time. And now with things picking up the way they are, it was time to bring Brie on board. We actually had some stuff for her to do, and she's perfect for the role. She's She may not know everything just yet, but she knows exactly what she's capable of and what she can bring to the table, and she's doing just that. What do you feel like the differences are in, in all of your approaches, with her coming from a strict kind of academic background, you coming from the background of someone who's just... A, thorough enjoyer of, of the scene and, and everything and uh, Chelsea coming from somebody who uh, like and that one of the actual musicians working on the other side of it where, where are you guys seeing the contrast in, in what you're bringing to the table I'm always the big picture person the day to day I think I I think I secretly drive Chelsea crazy like she doesn't she doesn't outwardly hate me but I think a little a little piece <laughs> of her deep inside kind of hates me a little bit because she is just so good at organization the daily this is what needs to be done because today feeds into tomorrow and tomorrow feeds into this week and this week feeds into the whole month and based on scheduling and what needs to be done this is what we need to be doing all these things today meanwhile i'm thinking where do we want to be in a year in like six months what what could six months look like you know like where where do we get some money right now and how do we work on that and, you know, Chelsea's the one making it happen on the ground level. Almost, almost alone. I'm helping her with there, but she's the organizer of it all, putting it all together. So, and she's just so much more technically capable. She's picked up so many skills just from initially being in the band and knowing that the band needs graphics and marketing abilities and needs to have a great online presence because that's where things are these days. And they need to be playing shows in the right places, which means you need to become your own booking agent because nobody else is going to do it for you at that level. (laughs) So she taught herself so many essential technical skills that she's now carrying over into management that I'm picking up, but she's deeply immersed in that stuff right now, which makes her one of the best around. Um, But it also means that she's doing it. You know, she's she's teaching, but she's a lot of the hands-on work. And meanwhile, I'm connecting dots and pulling strings and kind of, you know, making things go a certain way. But she's, you know, she's the one shoveling the coal into the fire to keep this engine alive. So you're the architect, she's the foreman. Like, you're drawing the plans for the house. She's the one going out laying bricks kind of thing. She's, and, yeah. she, and she's also the architect. You know? <laughs> you know, like, and that's, it's, it's, it's a small, it's a small project. It's a small thing that we've got going on. Everybody yeah. is everywhere, but, sure. but no, I mean... She's the one that's yeah. that's keeping this thing going, and Bree is coming on board to seriously help with yeah. the day-to-day, keeping things organized and keeping the dates in front of us. You know, it's so easy to put things in a calendar, then all of a sudden, you know, it's that day, and things are a little behind, so Bree keeps things on track and um, where we need them to be. And 
that I'm glad you brought that up too, uh, just because one of the things I had forgotten about as well from from last episode is we had talked a little bit about um, the idea of like the five year plan, how you know a lot of bands go into it. Uh, specifically, we were talking about Wu Tang, but <laughs> um, just the idea of kind of laying the groundwork for what the overall goal of like your musical journey should be. Um, so I'm curious, like now that you've developed things a little bit further, um, where do you where do you see that going? Is it all about expansion, or is it about developing the bands you have at this point? What the two go hand in hand. I mean, yeah. as you develop the bands, you're going to be in a position to expand. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, our goal always is to be helping the bands do what they do. We only bring on bands that are capable and have proven that they are going to achieve success on their own as far as they possibly can. We don't handhold and we don't make promises that we can't keep. So that's the basis of our relationship. Are you doing as much as you possibly can? If you are, then we'll help you do that. As we bring on those bands and they work for themselves and we help them along the way, uh, hope that they do find much bigger success. As they find bigger success, that's going to give us resources. And as we have resources, we can bring more on and kind of keep the flow alive. Bring more bands to take their place as they move up further and further up the ladder. In five years, I have no idea which bands are going to take off, which ones are going to find the most success, which ones are going to get the furthest. Um, So things depend on that, but I certainly hope that we're going to be able to expand our roster. That's the plan right now, is to just take the few bands that we have right now, which is just a handful, get them on the road and doing as much as they possibly can, use their success as they go to gather resources for them and therefore for us, and with those resources, push them further. As they get further, pull people below us up. You know, at the people that are just getting started right now and are showing promise, we want to use the bands that have been at it for a while to show them how it's done, give them a helping hand, pull them up the ladder of success as well, and keep just keep it going as long as we possibly can. Yeah, that's something that I think is interesting too. I mean, the, when we were uh, like you were first kind of getting this started, the idea was that you were doing this because it was Fairy Bones. But now that you've kind of made the decision to open the gates a little bit and, and bring in some other people, um, how are you making those decisions? Is it something that's naturally happened with at least with the two bands so far because you guys were already so close personally? Uh, I mean, is there a musical theme that that you're kind of building with this? I mean. Obviously, the three bands that you have right now are not that related musically, but I mean, under like the iTunes category selection, they're probably yeah. going to be like similar in some way. So, I mean, what uh, what is your mindset when it comes to looking at new bands to add? It's, I mean, I'm sure that there are people and rosters out there mm-hmm. that sign just based on, you know, we're, we're pop punk. We know the yeah. formula for pop punk success. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with we know all the journalists that write about pop punk. We know the labels that sign pop punk and market pop punk. Well, I think of things like, especially because you guys are coming from like starting with specific band, like Fat Rat Chords and, and um, things like that, whatever um, Greg Geffen's one from Bad, Bad Religion was. Like they started in this genre and they seem to kind of just gravitate towards related acts, that type of thing. Yeah, we can't, that doesn't make sense to us at all. I mean, I'm sure that we could play that game somehow but that doesn't sound like fun honestly what sounds like fun to me is just finding the bands that have proven their abilities and that they hustle hard and that they will learn new skills whatever it takes to get what they want um if that means that they sound different than each other then so be it you know as long as i dig it and i see potential in them and they are proving that they can make it happen then you know, looks good to me. There's got to be some chemistry, you know. I don't want to work with people that I just don't get along with. 
But, you know, like Paper Foxes, Chelsea's known them for forever. They've, Fairy Bones has, at different times, different members of Fairy Bones have played with different members of Paper Foxes in different bands. I think it was, I think it was Robert or Matt was actually in Paper Foxes for a second. Yeah. I know they were, uh, they, a few different members played Naked Pizza together for a while. Um, so, I mean, they just, they have relationships that go back forever. Um, and they've worked together and Chelsea knows that they hustle hard and that they have what it takes to work for themselves towards something. Um, so yeah, it did naturally just make sense to bring Paper Foxes on. Mm-hmm. The Sink or Swim, I didn't know at all. We had never met. I just saw them play at Last Exit Live one time and they blew my mind. They were really good. I followed them for a while and saw that they were hustling hard and making mm-hmm. it happen for themselves. And, you know, Lou in particular was... Yeah, he's amazing because yeah. he does not stop. Like he will not stop. I I don't know when he sleeps because <laughs> because I'll get messages from him at one in the morning. I'll text him back at you know six a.m. He's still up. He'll then shoot me a message at eleven a.m. and then I get back to him at two p.m. He's still you know like I don't know yeah. when he sleeps and when he stops. And we're talking about like what we're doing the whole time. It's ridiculous. That's, so that's yeah. just as a band, it just made sense. Like, yeah, we need we need to work with them because they're doing it. Now, do you find that because you're working with these specific bands and you know booking their shows and um, they're doing support for certain other bands, seems kind of consistently coming up. Um, do you find yourself ever feeling like you're limited in the type of acts you're exposed to? Mm, how so? What do you mean? Uh, well, I mean, you're you're going to see shows of bands that fairy bones is playing with oh the, like, that's kind of the that's the consistency of, of it like you're going to see shows that fairy bands are playing with you're seeing shows that um sink or swim are, are opening for or play or playing support so for. am, I, so am like, I limited in like the potential acts that i could sign and seeing those i guess there? so yeah like are you are you ever feeling like there's acts out there that you might not see because they might not ever play a show with fairy bones no okay not really <laughs> if i mean i i i see a lot and mm-hmm. I mean, Fairy Bones is is diverse. We like have that, yeah. we have a good music community in Phoenix. Yeah. Like I know it sounded like I was talking shit earlier, <laughs> but I'm just saying that this uh-huh. music community that we have is so good that they should be aiming higher. They should be more cutthroat. <laughs> and this music community that we have, Fairy Bones came up in it. They're still connected to a lot of people. You know, when new bands come onto the scene, mm-hmm. we hear about it because they play shows with our friends. And our friends, you know, play shows with bands from out of town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they tour every now and then, too. It's just like Fairybones tours every now and then. There's not... It's kind, of, it's kind of hard to miss a band coming up through here because it's such a small community and it's so mm-hmm. close-knit that, uh, that anybody makes a move and you, and you hear about it. You know, the press outlets that we have, again, they cover everything that happens in the local mm-hmm. scene. Yab Yum, New Times, you know, anybody does anything interesting, you're going to hear about it. And that's great, because <laughs> everybody that's involved knows about it. Um, I don't feel like I'm going to miss anything, anything that happens. And if, and if I do, uh-huh. that's going to be impressive. If, they, if somebody, you know, bypasses everything and sneaks up, that's going to be kind of crazy to see, because that means that they're skyrocketing out of nowhere. Excellent. Okay. Now, I, one thing I was curious about too, that this is, might be like a kind of ethereal question, it might be a silly question, but um, I thought it was, it caught my eye on your um, page that you kind of describe poor life as um, following the traditions of independence. 
as an independent mm-hmm. label. So I was just curious, what do you feel like that means to you, the traditions of independent music? That means that you're doing everything just because you love it. You're doing it with the people that you get along with and that show the most potential, and you're seeing where it goes. Mm-hmm. I don't have the money behind this or the organizational planning of somebody that has done this before or has guidance from you know 20-year-plus vet- veteran pros. Um, I'm doing this because it feels right, we have the right people behind it, and I know that something cool is going to happen out of it. And that's a tradition of independence. When you get into it, just because you love it and just because you know for sure deep down that somebody around you is going to do something amazing. So everybody that you know needs to be involved in doing anything it takes to make that happen and help that person. And that's a tradition of independence where you don't need help, you don't need anybody else because you have got you and the people that you care about and nothing's going to stop you. Like that. Now, does that mindset... Um, do you feel like play over into your everyday life outside of this? Like how, how do those uh, philosophies translate into who you are as a person? I think who I am as a person translated into those philosophies. Cause, <laughs> cause though, I mean, yeah. poor life choices me on my best days. And those are sometimes few and far between, you know, like mm-hmm. this past few months have been, I'm, I have bipolar disorder. I'm bipolar too, which means that every now and then I just go into a deep, deep, deep rut. And Chelsea, you know, I'm much less public about it. Chelsea's more public about, you know, the issues that she has with depression and stuff and anxiety. Yeah. She's an open book about that. I'm not as much, but because we both come from that and know what that's like, it helps our working relationship a lot. You know, we still, I don't even remember what show it was from, Adventure Time or something, but somebody at one point said the word, I'm overload. And we, and we stole that because that's, we stole it for the specific reason of if one of us is ever just going into a dark rut and we're not going to be able to keep up with what we need to or what we're being relied on, mm-hmm. just I'm overload. And that just means take over for me. Just make sure that what I've been working on does not crash and burn because I need to tap out right now and there's nothing I can do about it. And so while, you know, I talk about how Poor Life Choice is all about, just go hard, never stop, never give up, um... That's what poor, the life of poor life choice is like. But, you know, personally, I know what it's like to stop and to give up and to not be able to and to lose faith and to feel helplessness. Um, so with that, I know how important it is to keep hope alive in any way you can. And the way that I can is with poor life choice, with... No matter what, mm-hmm. having a group of people so that if anybody at any time taps out, we can keep everybody's dreams alive, you know? I work in arts and music. None of us are stable people 100%, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't always count on all of us. Yeah. Somebody's going to have a rough time. That's where the best things come from, mm-hmm. and that's where I think the most brightness comes out of the darkest darkness. Um and that's how we keep poor life choice going is just by admitting our faults and our weaknesses to each each and everyone around us and counting on those other people to have our backs when we need it. So where does the line come when you are being open with that? Not necessarily personally, but I mean, like you said, Chelsea's been pretty open about her mental health issues. Um, they've been pretty open about you know LGBTQ members in the band, obviously like that. How do you... How far do you go before you like 
label yourselves the LGBT band, the the mental health band? Like, do you do you feel like there's positives you can pull from that in marketing yourself without it being corny, tacky, or do you think that that's best to leave that at the door? I think as long as you're being honest, you have nothing to worry about. You know, if if you're being completely true and honest to yourself and allowing yourself to be honest to those around you, then who cares if you're talking about something that other people don't want to hear about? And as long as you're being true and honest to yourself, then you're <laughs> never going to become corny or tacky about it. You know, if, if you're trying to label yourself as something, then don't be surprised if that label sticks. But, you know, if, if you're just being completely true and honest and showing people who you really are, then it doesn't matter if somebody now thinks of you as a gay band. It doesn't matter if someone thinks of you as somebody that, you know, can't get over their mental shit. It's just you being you. Don't push it too hard. You know, don't don't try to take something and say, I'm going to market with this. Because, the, you know, then you are, it's going to look fake. If it's fake, it's going to look fake. If it's not real, it's going to look not real. If you're just going out and being you as you are, then you're going to look like you. And who doesn't want to look like themselves? Well, that's a good sentiment to wrap up the last couple questions on. Um, uh... So basically, oh, uh, with with the last couple things I'd like to wrap up. Um, normally, we kind of talk about some other people and stuff who are or in the crowd, giving some shout outs and stuff. I mean, I know you've talked a lot about the scene in general. Um, is there anything that you feel like the scene needs to be thinking about? And, and, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that it's important that we encourage anybody and everybody that we know to do whatever they want and to realize how everybody can benefit from that. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people have a dream that they want to chase or have an idea um, of something they want to do, but they don't necessarily see how it fits in with everything else going on in their lives. Or sometimes the motivating factor for somebody doing what they want to do is it's going to help somebody. That's a big thing that, for me in particular, there's tons of things that I will want to do but what I actually end up doing is be, is I do because it helps someone around me. It gets me involved with friends. Um, it brings joy to others. So that's something that I want to see a lot more of is people encouraging their friends, their family to do what they want to do. And lately, the reason I say that is because there's a lot of people um, that I hear about lately that want to write or they want to start a podcast or they want to start a YouTube channel or they want to become a blogger of some sort for another site, you can totally do that. <laughs> like, there's right. nothing stopping you from doing that. In fact, there are tons of tools and resources that you never even knew about that are going to help you do that. If you want to become a music journalist or blogger, mm -hmm. every big blog site out there has a submissions email or a submissions form or some way for you to submit articles or blog posts or anything that you write to them, and they will publish it. They won't guarantee that they will publish it, but it's there so that you can submit it and hopefully get published. So if there's a band that you really love and you want to do them a favor while also starting maybe a new hobby, potentially a career, who knows, just like all your band friends, take a shot in the dark and put some material out there. Write it up, go to your favorite blogs, look up, ask the bands what blogs do you really like or want to be on. 
submit to them. Start a little podcast, ask for interviews, just do whatever you can to do what you want to do and include as many people as you possibly can because that helps every single one of us in the process. Yeah, and I mean, as somebody who has an interview show and a theater company for a shockingly low investment, um, (laughs) I totally vouch for that. Like, there was really... Um, not a lot keeping you from doing what you do anymore. Like there's the tools and resources that are out there are just phenomenal. If you want it, you can find a way to get it. (laughs) And the more people you talk to about it, the more friends you're going to make and the more people you're going to have pushing you along too. Love it. All right. Now with that in mind, that philosophy in mind too, is there anybody else right now that you want to give a shout out to any kind of recognition you want to give out there to people, places, things? Just everybody <laughs> yeah sir anybody that's listening to it shout out to you for finding this for knowing tony for being involved enough to check it out and listen to the podcast as it comes out thank you for being my friend and you know <laughs> listening to this because you saw it on my facebook or something if you're hearing it then you're amazing and just think about something that you've always wanted to do that you've never done before you can message me if you want to and say this is what i want to do what do you think i should do not necessarily going to have an answer for you, but at least we'll be talking about it, and you'll get to think more about the things you want to do, and it'll be fun. And honestly, I know I'm tagging onto all of your shit right now, but honestly, isn't it better to like have a local band manager know that you're trying to do something, even if he doesn't have like an answer for you at the time? Isn't it? Isn't it good to plant that seed a little bit? I don't know. Even if I'm just generally meaningless in the universe. <laughs> uh, beyond that, any projects, plugs you want to get out there? Um, yeah, Fairy Bones has. A uh, new mu- music video for Hang With The Boys, which is a single off their last album, 0% Fun. Um, the video for Boys is coming out on 420, <laughs> April 20th. Um, they're going to be on KWSS uh, promoting that on 420, so make sure to tune in check that out. Uh, the Secret Swim on April 29th. April 29th, they're at Lost Last Exit Live. They're going to be opening for the Sherlocks, which is a really cool band out of the UK. Um, that's going to be an amazing show. Paper Foxes, they've got a video coming out. Make sure you're following them on Facebook, Twitter, anywhere that you can. Um, all these guys, make sure you're following Paper Foxes because they're going to be dropping that soon. On April 27th, they have a show at the Tempe Center of the Arts. For the Arts? Of the Arts? Oh. Um, so make sure that you go check them out too. So April 27th, Paper Foxes. Two days later, the 29th, the Sink or Swim. And Fairy Bones is all over the internet. So make sure that you... Check them out. When is your next theater show? Um, uh, we do something every second Friday at the Mesa Art Center. They they know that shit. Mesa, like it's a Mesa Art Center, yeah. Mesa Art Center. Because mm-hmm. Tony's got a whole a whole theater troupe going. <laughs> He's got his own theater troupe. I plug this shit every week. They know that. <laughs> well, I'm going to be plugging that now. Um, yeah, definitely. So 420 Fairy Bones. Um, uh, they have a full full length album that came out recently as well. Got to get that. Yep. Sink or Swim have an EP fun. that came out just a couple months ago. That's still floating around. It's yep. very good stuff. Um, oh, and Paper Foxes, yeah, Paper Foxes, I, uh, I just checked out their their recent video as well, it's awesome. Yeah, they just um, dropped an EP slash album not too long ago, oh, a few excellent. months ago. Oh, check that out. And of course, Poor Life Choice Management online, everywhere. Yeah, we're on Facebook, we're, uh, yeah, follow us, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, just look us up, because we're kind of the hub, anytime anybody on our roster does something, we'll make sure that you know about it. Excellent. Last thing I'd like to add, you know you've already given us some gems, uh, piece of advice you'd want to give anybody coming up. And trying to do what you do. Just do what feels right. As long I was talking to, I won't say who, but I was talking to somebody just the other day. And he was kind of talking about the direction that he wanted to go to. 
with his project and how he was nervous about you was saying as an analogy he's going through the woods and he's really worried about picking up poison berries or getting lost going the wrong direction he knows what north is but there's still things along the way and now it's at the end of it it's just you know you know what north is you can't avoid picking up some poison berries every now and then you can't <laughs> avoid getting turned around and lost so just remember what north is what feels right what you want to be doing and as long as you're doing it, it doesn't matter if you get hurt along the way just keep going Head north. I love it. Head Keep going. That's great. All right, Sam, thanks so much, man. Of course. Special thanks to Nick Machete for writing our theme music and Taylor Machete for all of her support. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, don't forget to follow us and leave nice ratings on Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Pinecast.co. And if you or someone you know is pursuing something artistic in the Phoenix area and you'd like to be on the podcast, write to me at starvingartistsphx at gmail.com.